Well, hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the weekly podcast. And this week is not just me blabbing about whatever I'm thinking, because I have a special guest, my good friend, Eric Davis. How you doing? Thanks for being on the podcast. Happy man. to be here. Um, I met Eric probably about a year and a half ago, maybe. Yeah. Um, some of our friends who own a production company were doing a demo of some Danley speakers in the sanctuary. And you came to see them. Yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't willing to sell my firstborn to get them. Yeah. They were very nice. They were. I, yeah, we didn't buy anything either. <laughs> it was cool to hear. So, but that's where I met you. And then I ran into you somewhere else after that. Um, yeah, I don't, where I really remember is when we started doing the round tables, yeah. the pastor round tables. Yeah. And, uh, we were doing that for a while. We've kind of slacked off a little bit. I know. We got to get back on that. So we sort of met through mutual friends and then through our kind of occupation and job doing worship leader stuff for the church and started hanging out and started talking about life and music and sound and all kinds of stuff and uh, become good friends, recorded some music together. Maybe we'll record more music together soon. Hopefully. Yeah. Good stuff. Maybe I'll link in the show notes to a song they could listen to. It. Yeah, that'd be good. I think we work well together too because we do the same job for the most part. So we yeah. kind of understand what it takes to get it done. And I think yeah. the first the first time we tried to do anything, it just went so like three hours went by so quickly. Yeah, because it was just really, um, it was just really interesting to see like the thing I was thinking. You were already like working on that. <laughs> yeah, you're like you're a person who. You know, we have a lot of friends who do who do creative stuff, who do worship stuff, who do audio production. But I feel like you and I have an interesting place in the church where we sort of are over all those things creatively. So graphics, videos, art, and music, um, we sort of have our hand in a lot of stuff. We're never bored. <laughs> no, never boring and uh, never bored. But also, it, it's a lot. And people don't always understand how much time and prep goes into making simple like graphics or series information, you know, about a new series you're doing at church. So, yeah, I mean, we do, you know, I know that your title is creative director here yeah. and that, and that essentially encompasses like eight things. And it sounds like he just does all the creative stuff when <laughs> all the creative stuff touches almost yeah. every ministry in the church. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's a fun title to have because, and I say title and I don't mean it's like, it's important. I mean, it, like when I say title, I mean like job description more or less because sure. it's because you're valuable. Your role is valuable because you're able to, to be so versatile and do so many things to touch so many different ministries. And where I know a lot of your ministry and, and, and things like it's a lot of volunteers that mm-hmm. are that are here to support you. Well, you're able to because you're so versatile, take even more pressure off of any volunteer work that would need to be done because yeah. you can do so many different things. Yeah, I like to think of that. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. You're welcome. <laughs> no, I mean, I you know I empathize because I see all the stuff that you do around here, and and I, uh, you know, I do it on a little bit smaller scale because we're not as as big as you guys are, but you know, we're doing. Um, the bulletins were every week. Yep. You know, we're doing the website stuff, all the graphic media for a new sermon series. If the students are doing something, there's graphics for that. Yep. If the kids are doing something, there's graphics for that. If the nursery's doing something, there's graphics for that. You know, and that's not even to mention band practice, 
you know, in the staff meetings that you're meeting with your pastors so that you can figure out, well, how does the music need to fit this season of the church that we're in? So you have to yeah. like think through those things. And so it's not like a lot of physical laborious kind of stuff, right? Sure. It's just like mental and it's not exhaustion, no. but it's like, it's taxing mentally because you're always thinking about what you have to do tomorrow. And you know, and some people are really good at switching that stuff off. I'm not one of those people. Yeah, me neither. So, I mean, I try not to take my work home with me, but it just happens like you're laying in bed at two o'clock in the morning and you're like, oh my goodness. Like we have practice tomorrow. I have no idea what we're <laughs> yeah, doing. I need to fix that. Or, and the other part of that is like just the creative process in general. It's not just something that you can like turn on and off like a light switch. Like it happens in random places. I heard something really interesting. Um, have you seen that new documentary series that came on Netflix? Um, it's I can't remember the name of it, but it's about designers, like the guys that designed for the New Yorker and for Nike and Ooh. all this crazy stuff. So I've watched the first few episodes, and the guy and uh, one of the guys on there said, <clears throat> "If you're waiting around for inspiration, you're not a designer." Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so interesting because, like, that's completely true. Because the the coolest creative stuff comes to me when I'm not thinking about anything creatively. Yeah. If you have like a nine to six, nine to five, nine to six job, and you're just sitting there trying to create. Like yeah. you're essentially right. You're almost a sellout essentially yeah. is what this, this quote is saying. And so it is the creative process is let's take information from every aspect of our life and try to put this into the content that we're creating. And it doesn't always happen while you're at work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. My best like ideas for music or series or, you know, services come at like, Making dinner. <laughs> the most inconvenient time, too, right? Getting, filling up with gas, yeah. and, you know, watching something fly by, and it's like, oh, I got an idea, you know? And <laughs> and then so thanks to smartphones and voice memos and, like, OneNote where I organize organize all my stuff, I just I just am always, like, yeah. writing it down, yeah. and I'll pick it up later. Notes on it. notes on iPhone has been yeah. the best thing ever because, it you know, the ecosystem, the Apple ecosystem, so it's yeah. on your phone and your Mac and your iPad. So you are able to kind of wherever you are, you have what you're working on there. And that's been really helpful for me. Yeah. You know, another thing too, and I think you feel this because we are always producing content is there is a tendency in the art and design world to be very cynical, Mm -hmm. to be very um, uppity and sort of better than everyone else. And, and, but the cure for that is to like put your stuff out there. Right. Yeah. So like, and I talked about this in one of the first or second episodes of the podcast about real artist ship, you know, people, if you want to be a real artist, you got to put yourself out there. You got to put your work out there, but that also keeps you from being uber cynical and it makes you empathetic because you realize when you have to put whatever out there, how much work goes into it, (laughs) how many options for failure there are and how you can like literally celebrate the fact that you did it. And so every project that I work on, I'm getting better. You know, everything that I put out is, you know, the set list that I make is helping my design work in some way because it's all connected. Sure. So we're just going to keep pushing and keep putting stuff out there, keep putting ourselves out there, keep trusting God to give us direction and insight and and, to speak for different ministries in our church. And that's a big undertaking. But the more that we are sharing that and putting that out there, I think the less cynical you can become. Like I remember being in college and just being like, oh, that stinks. I would do this so different if I, you know, if I was in their shoes, I'd never do it that way. And now I'm like, 
I totally get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, totally get it. <laughs> yeah, you're you're one opinion, right? I mean, yeah. uh, overall, and that's been something that's been really interesting for me. Is I'm not a designer. Like I've until yeah. um, I got hired on staff at the church that I'm at. Like I had never even I didn't know what Photoshop was. Oh wow, I had no idea. So I've been I've learned Photoshop and Adobe Edition and and the softwares and things kind of as I've gone along and. I've always known, okay, so you know when something looks good and when something doesn't look good, like, yeah. but that's your opinion, yeah. right? And so kind of what you're talking to was like, oh, I know it looks good. When you're younger, you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. I know it looks good. And then you, you make something, you're like, man, that looks so good. And overwhelmingly, everybody hates it. <laughs> yeah, right? been there. Yeah. And, and so you learn from those things because then you start, when, you, when it comes to being creative, right, um, just because you think you're right doesn't mean you are. Yeah. And we're we're trying to create content that reflects our church and the season our church is in and the yeah. type of people that that our church is made up of. We're trying to build content to reflect all those things. Now, there's other there's other content that you create that's maybe more geared towards the community because you want a community buy-in and so those are whatever those things are, you know. Yeah. But it's you're not designing just one thing for one person, right? Yeah you're designing things that's going to appeal to like a a broad audience. And that's really hard to do in a church setting because you have, say you have 500 people, you have 499 opinions. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And people have no problem sharing how they feel about your stuff. (laughs) Right. And especially, and I know, I know that it's got to be hard to a degree on someone like you because you're so, you're so like, approachable and likable and people feel like they can tell you kind of what's on their mind because you like have this thing where even if you're not really paying attention, like you, you're like engaged in whatever somebody's saying. Yeah. And that would, that would drive me nuts. Like I'm almost the opposite, like not in a bad way, but like I'm very focused when I'm at work. And so on Sunday mornings, like I'm here, there and everywhere bouncing from every place trying to get a bunch of stuff done. So I don't, people tell me all the time, you're not very approachable on Sunday. You're like, yeah, <laughs> cause I'm working. Like, yeah. So it's got to be hard for you in that respect because you're always just like, you just look like, hey, come talk to me. <laughs> but the, but in, in, inside of my brain is like 50 things firing yes. off, like got to get this, 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 and this, and this. And then you're like, want to tell me about, you know, your day. Then I want to know about that, you know. So sure. there's a balance to that of, and some of that honestly is just being able to accept like what I can and can't do. And sometimes like it doesn't all get done, you know, it doesn't get finished to the degree that I want to. Sure. And here's what's important. Here's what matters. And I know, and I know that you, nobody expects as much out of you as you do, right? Yeah, that's true. That's so. true. So to change gears a little bit, you are not from this area. <laughs> no, I know, I've, I've picked up the accent a little bit though. Yeah. So I'm originally from the Midwest, from uh, Southeast Kansas. So okay. That's where I grew up in. Um, I was there till I was 16 and then I moved out here and I've been here for about 11 years and it's a massive difference even like in every aspect. So, um, church is way different in East Tennessee in in this area because we're like in the Bible belt or whatever. Mm -hmm. Church is so much different. School is so much different. Education is different. Sports are different. Like everything is, is like way not the same and as a, as a 16 year old my if i would have stayed where i was my graduating class would have had 35 people wow. in my entire graduating class and i graduated here and it was like almost 400 you know mm-hmm. so coming from that but it's been really good because it's 
you know, I was a small town kid and, and then I came here and everything is just, to me, you know, it's bigger. Everything's yeah. bigger and, and more intense. And, and I kind of thrive in that environment and I never knew that I would. Yeah. But I thrive in like an environment that's like almost pressure driven because everything we do is important. Right. Yeah. And when you're in a small town, it's like, eh, get to it whenever it's fine. <laughs> yeah. There's not as much pressure to like, um, to take care of things or someone else will. And, you know, won't. and like a lot of people, I kind of grew up in church, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like the church I went to, um, for most of my childhood, there's like 35 people. And that's a big church in a town of like in a town of 1800 people, 35 that's, people is like pretty good. That's a good sized church. Right. And then, yeah. so when I kind of got in high school, I went to this church called Tyro Christian community church, which is actually the largest church in the country per capita. There's a um, hundred and at the time there's like 120 people in this little town, but the church had like 2,800 people mm. like, cause it was like smack in between like eight towns. Okay. And so everybody just, and it was like within 10 miles. So everybody just kind of came went in to that one church. Yeah. So, um, so that was like really, and I was there when I was 14. So I was there for almost two years and that was really the kind of where my heart for ministry started. Right. Yeah. Because you're like, man, there's kids from eight different schools. I don't know any of these kids. Right. Mm-hmm. But they, like there's real stuff going on in their lives. And that was kind of what started the, the burning passion in me for, for church and specifically students um, at the time. Cool. And uh, then, you know, just kind of transitioned to East Tennessee where it was even more intense and even bigger and, and those things. And so, so far it's been, it's been a journey, but it's been really good. So when did you move to Tennessee? Um, I moved to Tennessee in 06. Okay. So right kind of in the middle of high school? Yeah, so I, I moved here right before my junior year. Okay, cool. Nice. So we actually have a mutual friend that I didn't know that we had for a long time, and that is Dustin Jennings, who yeah. is my most faithful podcast listener. So Dustin Jennings, friend of the pod. So Dustin, um, when, I was in, when I was in high school, I was in the band and stuff, and everybody yeah. called me Kansas. Mm, that was okay. my nickname because that's where I was from. So he he knows me as that. Yeah. And I guarantee you Dustin can tell some crazy stories <laughs> about me because yeah. I'm just – I was just me. Like, I, again, yeah. I just thrived on that environment where everything was – so I was just, like, crazy. You know, just I just yeah. did whatever. And Dustin's so funny because – um, I remember, and I have not seen him in like eight or nine years. So, okay. you know, I remember him as like this really small guy who always was happy. He always had a smile on his face and you could say the most outrageous thing to him. Like the, the most outrageous thing you can think of, you say it right to his face and he'll just like, <laughs> you know, and just yeah. like laugh at you and smile. And like yeah. that was, that was him. And he'll go back to playing his drums or whatever he's doing. I mean, that's, he's still pretty much like that. Yeah. He's pretty much just the nicest fun guy people like that are very rare and it's so good to see and i was so happy when you told me that he was your drummer because i was like i can't think of a better drummer for a church because he was always like first one in last one out he always knew his stuff better than everybody else did i was like that's just really good yeah he's been a foundation of of my band and and worship ministry here the whole time yeah and and that makes perfect sense yeah his personality so dustin you're awesome thanks for being my drummer (laughs) and a good friend and after you listen to this podcast, we'll talk about some fun high school stories. Yeah. Hit me up. Let's go to lunch. <laughs> That's how. So one day I was said something about you, maybe on my other podcast, Beard Songs and Theology. And he came up and said, you know, Kansas. And I was like, mm, 
I, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And he said, Eric Davis. I was like, oh, I, and I didn't even know you're from Kansas. So yeah. I was like, sure, you know. Um, I just assumed that you lived here because you live here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about like um, worship and music and things that you're excited about um, that you see like maybe it doesn't have to just be in your church, but mm-hmm. it's the church at large. I feel like both of us are connected and concerned about the, you know, the global church, especially like sort of modern church in America, um, helping be better worship leaders, better mm-hmm. worshipers. Um, what, do, what, what are you thinking about? What's exciting to you these days? One of the most exciting things for me as a worship leader is the resources that are available to teams now. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I know, you know, like when I was 14, 13, 14, and I'm in the student band, there nothing existed. Yeah. Like you had to learn everything by ear. You just had to jam the songs out. Yeah. And you could have occasionally go and find a chord chart or whatever, but it was not always right. Or, no. or tab sheet. Or, yeah. but they were like, rarely were they right. So you're you're kind of like figuring this stuff out and you're banging it out and you don't really know what it is. So, you know, you're a kid doing this stuff and you have to really go and, and spend a ton of time on it. That's true. So now, you know, now these resources and they're affordable, that they exist. And it's like, here, here's how you play this guitar part. I'm just going to break it down for you or keys or drums or whatever all these big bands are so i think resources is one of the biggest things i'm most excited about because it makes my job so much easier practices go smoother and Mm -hmm. and you know we've we've moved from practice to rehearsal Mm. so like practice like we don't have to figure out what these parts are because we know them because we're offering these resources so we go into rehearsal things are a little bit shorter but they move really well yeah so i really love that um and i love the fact that like I said before, they're so easy to get and affordable and, and it just makes everything easier. And then probably the biggest, the other biggest thing as far as like um, specifically when it comes to leading worship that I'm excited, the most excited about or becoming more excited about is it feels like um, big bands and like Hillsong and Passion and these types, they're writing songs for the church again. Yeah. There was like this, and it was fine because it was like, they kind of wanted to break out of their bubble, which I thought at the time was really cool. So you have like this thing from maybe 2011 to 2014 mm-hmm. or 15 yeah. where everything's so pad driven, techno driven, key driven. Anthem, like this, anthem right. studio. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. we can't do this. Like yeah. we don't have 30 <laughs> musicians on stage to be able to do this stuff. Right. Yeah. And now, uh, you know, Hillsong, they did a dirt and grace. Right. Yeah. And like you can do almost all those songs um, in church now. Yeah. Because they're like, here's the stripped down version of this thing that we made crazy earlier, right. and th- the stuff they do, like you don't think about it because you're you're not the one that wrote the song. And I love that 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 we've started to see a shift come back with songs for the church. That the, because ultimately, to me as a worship leader, my main responsibility is to um, point people straight to God. Like mm-hmm. like we want them to to worship in a sense that's like total surrender. And it's not about me. It's not about production stage lights, guitar sound, any of that stuff. Ultimately it's about Jesus. And that's so hard to do if we don't have songs that are specifically focused on Jesus that we can actually do in the church. Yeah. And um, so I'm, I'm really excited to see that start to come around to where we can handle these things. We can do them with excellence yeah. and people are 
kind of getting back to the point where, like they don't even see us anymore. Like, yeah. like they're it's we're back to worship with abandon, and I'm just so excited to see that. Yeah, it almost feels like in a way we've come full circle back to how modern worship music with like Matt Redman and Chris Tomlin and all those people and Hillsong started yeah. In, yeah. The, in, in the late 90s and stuff really getting popular was an easier way to facilitate people to point them to Jesus. Yeah, and I think, and, yeah. and I think that's, you know, we kind of touched on this before we started doing the podcast. Like, um, it should be a little bit easier for when it comes to music for people to connect to, to God and Jesus like that, that should be like a thing where no matter if you're just on an acoustic guitar or a piano, mm-hmm. or if you have this 18 piece band, like it's the same words. It's the same scripture yeah. that's just, that's like breathed into these songs. And so we pray over these songs and, and ultimately we let God do his thing Yeah, and we don't think about it after that, Yeah, you know? And um, so that's just, it's been really good. That's cool. That's exciting. So, so scalable music <laughs> yeah. to whatever your context is, but it's still like good. Yeah. I remember feeling like when I was in college, like, oh man, I really want to do some of these songs, but I'm not, my people aren't good enough to do this. And maybe I'm not good enough either yet, you know? And two, you and know, that's kind of a bummer. <laughs> and it's, and as tough as it is, sometimes you have a really vast demographic right in your church like your 40 year olds aren't gonna bump to young and free it's great stuff right yeah but they're they like that doesn't connect with them do i like real love by hillsong young and free definitely am i gonna play that at church no no probably not 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 you might play for the student band or whatever you know and that'd be great but but here's what here's what i've seen because i you know i'm not anything special but i've been leading worship for like 12 years yeah 13 years here's what i've seen that Maybe not when it comes to full band, maybe not everybody gets the techno pad side. Maybe not everything gets like Michael W. Smith or anything, you know, that more um, 90s feel, right? But everybody gets Jesus, right? When it comes to just stripped down at its most basic level and it's just you and a guitar and God, everybody gets that. That communicates across every demographic, every age, everything. Yeah. That's cool. And, and good music. Um, is good music. You know, mm-hmm. this past Sunday we did um, Great I Am by New Life Worship. Yeah. And just like, that song is just amazing. And it's just one of those that I could sing it every Sunday, <laughs> you know, and it, and not that we'd sing it every Sunday, but right. every time that we do it. And it was just such an awesome time of worship and, and unity in singing that because the lyrics are so like God focused, right? They're gospel centric. They're celebratory of how great God is toward us. Mm -hmm. And that's good. We want to point people to that. I want to, I want to teach people songs that have, I like to say that I want to give people something they can take with them. Right. So I want the worship set, the things that we do to mean more than that 20 minutes. Sure. You know, I want them to be able to take something with them that week. If it's just a, a song that they can think of and hum in their head and remind them of a scripture or a passage or whatever, or something they can sing all week, you know, that can help them in those circumstances in real life, that matters to me. Showing up and playing on Sunday for no reason, it doesn't feel like it's worth it. Sure. Does that, does that thought process that you just said go into how you select your songs? Yeah, definitely. So, so what so walk me through that. I'm curious. Okay. So I used to I used to be 
I don't know, more interested in, you know, what was popular, what's kind mm-hmm. of trending. Like of I want to be on the forefront of, you know, that. And I have shifted a lot in the last year or two to, I want to play good quality music with um, a gospel rich focus that people can take with them. And so I spend a lot of time um, in, in, in every set pointing people to a vertical moment. And so I, I sort of borrowed some of my thinking from Vertical Church Band, and they talk a lot about how they develop a set list to sort of arrive at this moment. And, and they talk about themselves almost as being like a tour guide that takes someone up this trail, up the side of the mountain. And the, the quote that they use that I love is, you never see any pictures of the tour guide. So you lead huh. these people, right? So you're leading them like there's a weight to leading worship yeah. and it's not, I'm better than you, or even like I'm a better singer than you. It's, I want you to see how good God is in this moment. I want to point you to a truth about him that matters and you need to see this and you're just going to, you need to come with me. So if, if I can develop some trust with you for a few minutes and you can kind of walk this journey with me, when you see it, you'll know it. <laughs> and then I'm just going to step right into the background. And all sort of eyes are fixed on Jesus. Just like you go up that side of that trail, you see this beautiful sunset, but nobody's like, hey, can I get a picture with my tour guide? Like, no, they just, they just slide right into the background and, and the sort of the, the awesomeness of that moment takes over. And so that's what I want in, in my set lists and my, you know, music and things that we prepare. And that doesn't always have to be a big song. Mm-hmm. It's not always a climactic finish, right? As a vertical moment, it's a time to celebrate who God is, talk about ourselves, right? Like, I don't think it's bad to sing songs about um, us. We just shouldn't stay there. We don't end there, right? So we sing songs like, Lord, I need you, you know, and yeah. and we confess things and we confess our inadequacies, but then ultimately we're going to end somewhere like Forever by Carrie Job or At the Cross by Chris Tom, you know, like we want to end on a place that points us right to the right to the gospel, to the heart of that, to what Jesus has done for us. And that's that's where we want to land. I learned something today. It's really good. <laughs> it's really good. I think I have taken a similar approach um, in how we select music or how we build set lists or whatever. And uh, for for a really long time, my uh, thought process is this, essentially. What's going to be easy for them to understand, easy for people to understand. What's easier for me to get, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm nobody special. And so we're not on some pedestal or whatever, but what's, what connects me to God mm-hmm. um, lyrically, musically? Cause you know, when it comes to music, there, there's a certain aspect of that, that is feel, you know, that like some of that stuff draws some emotion and things like that. And we don't want to, to play on those things. So we want it to be genuine. So, you know, my thought process is like, what is genuine? What is genuine? What is yeah. like the lyrics and the feel of the song and these things? Like, what is really going to get a really um, genuine resp- response from people? Yeah. And is it is it going to put them in a moment that's like a little bit of a moment of clarity where they're like, when uh, Great I Am is a really good example of that song, of, yeah. of that thought process. And we've done that song for a little while. And, um, you know, the, the clarity in that song is we go through all of this stuff, like the thoughts we have, we want to see dry, dry bones seeing again, you know, it's like, do we really want that? Like, is that what we really want? Yeah. And so we try to, we try to set it up. We're like, where's the scripture where that goes with, right? So, so we, we take them on this journey of scripture and song 
yeah. um, and, and, and talk about that. And so they can connect the two. And, and so you connect scripture and song. And Matt Redman, I think, does this almost as well as anybody. It's like he takes scripture and song and connects the two. Yeah. And it's like a moment, of cl- a moment of clarity where they both click at the same time. And your worship is just transcended. And you're like, I get this. Like, this yeah. is why we do this, you know? Yeah. That's and good. I think it's just so good. I think the way you approach this, like, you know, we, everybody, any worship leader, if somebody's listening to this or whatever, or even if they're a worshiper, like you, you can take something from that. And, and mm-hmm. the sense that like, um, we're not trying to put on a show. Right. Like we really just want you to see Jesus in these moments. You know, and I used to be sort of <clears throat> anti like talking during a set, anti like conversation, like let's just play these songs and just really do this thing. And now I've changed a lot listening to guys like Matt Redman or Aaron Keys who who take scripture and song and put those together. And so in and and one way that I try to make it less of a performance is is like I'll let you in on the secret, right? Like I'll tell you why this song's awesome. I'll tell you why before we even sing it. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I want you to get yeah. it. I don't want to sh- I don't want that like shock jock value. Like, and I'm still and I'm still waiting to get comfortable with that. It's yeah. like you gotta because you like you don't I'm not a preacher. Yeah. You know, like and I don't want to feel like I am, so I'm. It's so awkward. I can sing to, I can sing to, yeah. you know, a thousand people or with a thousand people, yeah. but I, I can't talk to them. Like, what? Yeah, I have to put my thoughts down. No, <laughs> like I'm. Somebody else did this for me, so I'm just gonna sing yeah. it out. You know. So I mean, the way that I started doing that, honestly, was like I wrote them out. Oh, I wrote really? out what I was going to say, or at least like an outline of that, okay. like or scripture that I wanted to read. You mm-hmm. know, I just started with just a simple one minute kind of thing or less. And how can I consolidate this? And then I just sort of tried it, you know? And so pretty much every week now, um, I'll say something or my wife, Cami will share something to help people feel connected in that set. And that's really important to me. And sometimes it's just reading scripture. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's praying a very specific prayer or sometimes it's talking about a song or talking about an idea about God. But I want to, I want to give them an opportunity to, to pull all that together because not everybody's musical, mm-hmm. right? Everyone can worship through singing. Yeah. I definitely, I believe that. Like, it's not about the quality of your singing or how much you even like singing. That's, you can exalt the Lord through singing. But some people are going to connect with those things in a little bit more of sort of a, an information knowledge way. And so if I, can, if I can bring just a little bit of that and pull all that together, it's like, oh, yeah. That's cool, right? Like that's explaining this theological idea, you know, and and it, it's breaking it down for people, um, so they can take something with them, you know. So you should try it. Really good, yeah. Yeah. So Great. just write it down, yeah, and just say, and then just say it with trembling voice, like <laughs> Moses speaking to Pharaoh. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. You just you just go for it. And, but it doesn't help too. Like I'm a crier, you know. Yeah. Like. I, I try not to be like I'm this big dude, you know, big, <laughs> big manly, beard, bearded, muscly guy or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, eh. <laughs> and then you're like, I just need to change. Exactly. Yeah. You're like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And and music is very emotional, right? Right. I'm I'm in the same boat with you, and yeah, it's 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 emotionally overwhelming sometimes. And, and so. I think the overwhelming part is like, um, and I I often wonder if if other worship leaders feel this. I imagine they do, but. The overwhelming feeling for me is like I know what I want to say and I can't mm. say it. Yeah. But like I'm like I'm so excited about these songs and what God is doing and what God has done and what I feel like he he has to say that it just just like yeah. erupts out of me and I just start crying, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But it's it's just like I 
in those moments, I'm just so excited about what we're doing. Yeah. And I see the future of the church, and I feel so much hope, even in the midst of all the the insanity that's going on, I, I yeah. still feel like there's so much hope if we can just, like, maybe it's a little bit of pressure sometimes. It's like, if we can just say the right thing or do the right thing mm. or connect this thing, it's like, you know, um, maybe I'm off, maybe I'm too optimistic. I don't know. But that just kind of like all at one time just comes rushing out of me. Yeah, you know? no, I'm with you. I feel the same way in, in services every week that I feel like we get to point people to the greatest um, sort of unifier that we have, and that's and that's Jesus and who He is and what He's done for us. And so I, most weeks, will make some sort of comment about how you know the world wants us to be divided, the media wants us to be divided, you know, Facebook wants us to be divided. We want to fight about these sure. things, and that's fine. You can you can have opinions. We can all have different opinions about a lot of things, but at the end of the day, we can all come together and say that God loves us. He is for us through the work of Jesus Christ, let's celebrate that together. That is a banner that's big yeah. enough for all of us to be under. And so I'm, I'm, I'm in the same way. Like I'm hopeful. I'm excited about the future of the church as a place where um, it's, it's okay for all of us to be together. And I think, I think we have to, I think we have to lead that, you yeah. know, and you and I have talked about this a lot, like with this collective idea that we have. Yeah. And, and it's it's on the back burner, but it's not gone. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. like we, I think we still have this desire. Like, we've got to unite. Like, we're in the Tri Cities, you know, and and so there's all these churches in this area that we're in. It's like a thousand or something. It's a bunch. It's a lot. You know, there's a yeah. lot of churches in this area, and I think that's that's good in a sense. But in a sense, I think that's like really divisive too. Yeah. You know, and so we're we've been kicking around this idea of like how can we get as many people from different churches and different bands and things to kind of unify under the banner of Jesus. And, and yeah. I think that's where like the biggest change is going to have to come from. Um, maybe not us, maybe it's yeah. not Eric and James, but maybe it's, it's people that God has appointed and given a, a day to band together and really lead the charge of, listen, if we, if we are hopeful, if we do believe the banner over all of this is Jesus, we have got to put our opinions aside. We've got to get off of Facebook and get off of Twitter (laughs) and we have to stop being political and we have to stop doing all these things because at the end of the day, I mean, and none of it matters, right? None of any of the stuff we fight about is important in the grand scheme of things. The thing that matters is people and Jesus. Yeah. And we're so busy fighting for and about everything but people and Jesus. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, again, it's just going to have to come from this kind of underground movement that's like, no, we need to get back to the basics. You know, yeah. like we're in this, this series um, in Acts that's like the whole thing is just like, look, no, like it's the kingdom. Like that's mm-hmm. what we're talking yeah. about here. Like the church exists for the kingdom and, and it exists for people. It's a, it's a hospital for the sick. but we, by the way, we treat people, we glorify God. Mm-hmm. And are we doing that? Mm, yeah. We can do better, right? Yeah. And when you look at it in that sort of simplistic question, it, it puts that into kind of the right perspective, um, which is, am I actually caring about people? What does my life look like when I care for people? Or if I'm not, <laughs> that's telling. Um, yeah, but I'm excited. I feel like there are more and more churches and at least people in churches that are seeing that and sensing that. And maybe that'll turn into some action, yeah. you know, that we can demonstrate that. We're hopeful, right? Yeah, we're hopeful. Well, 
Eric, thank you so much for being on the weekly podcast. Do you have any closing closing thoughts or? Uh... I think we could talk forever. That's we true. Could, we, definitely we could literally could. keep going. No, um, you know, I think, uh, I think, I've I've heard people say that um, being a pastor, or in our case, creative pastors, directors, whatever, whatever the title, the title is not important. Yeah. Doing what we do, um, may not seem important, right? But at the end of the day, whether you're a volunteer or staff or a pastor or a worship leader, or maybe you're just open door, you're a door holder, or you're a coffee person, like you yeah. do the, the cafe at your church or whatever, like we're doing work for the kingdom, and that is the most important thing we can do. Mm-hmm. Our ministries start at home, right, with our family and our kids, or, or if you have kids or whatever, um, and then we bring it to church. We bring our ministry to church, right, yeah. and, and we, we love the people and we love the things we do and we've got to, my thing is like in this whole movement that's just in my head is like we've got to get back to what is just the most basic thing is just like let's just police our own and take care of each other yeah and i think that's so important right now and it's about you know it's about to get a lot worse politically things yeah. are you know like you see this massive stirring like yeah. maybe i'm wrong but Something's coming. Don't know yeah. what it is. Yeah. Um. But it's just like this big underlying divisive thing. And at the end of the day, man, let's just be friends and just get along and do the things that we know are right. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. That's a good word. Well, thank you so much for listening to the weekly podcast. Um, and we'll be back next week with more great content. Weekly is a podcast that explores life, faith, and culture through meaningful conversations. New episodes are available each Tuesday. You can subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher or listen on SoundCloud. Just search for Weekly Podcast. That's W-K-L-Y. You can also follow Weekly on Twitter at W-K-L-Y underscore pod or send an email to weeklypodcast at gmail.com.